Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? I hope you guys are doing well out there. Uh, This is week 14 of our never-ending story or, you know, of our episode. So I'm here with my host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's going on? Guess who's not here? (laughs) Chad. We we booted him from from all podcasts for the rest of his life. Yeah, he's done. He's out. He's, He's done. If you're listening and Chad... Yeah. Happens to be the person you like to hear, give him a phone yeah. call. Because yeah. you won't hear him on this podcast ever again. Yes. I, I would toss his I digits, say ever. but I'm not, I'm not going to do My that. My mom said never say never, <laughs> but we're close to that. Because, you know, it, yeah. it's just, this is this is our thing right now. Yeah, it is, we're going to keep it rolling for all of our listeners. Yeah. Listen, uh, if you're supporting us, thank you for supporting us. If you're not, please subscribe. Be a part of it. We need to let Chad know this thing is growing. Like, it's legit. Yeah. He's missing out. He said, it's not my thing. (laughs) Whoever's listening, please, if you are uh, a member of Genesis Church, you need to approach Pastor Chad and and just just shake your head in disappointment with him. Tell him, just just tell him, I've been praying for you, and don't tell him why. (laughs) Don't tell him why at all. Just, I've been praying for you. Exactly. And let's see how many people he gets that from, (laughs) and then... He, you know, and then he comes up to like, everybody keeps saying they're praying for me. And then yeah, we'll know. Exactly. With a little bit of disappointing face too. So, but man, thank you guys for joining us and being with us here on uh, week 14 of our episode. Uh, we're excited. And uh, post Sunday podcast, if you're new with us, man, we basically are, uh, we're funneled through Genesis Church Orlando. It's a podcast dedicated to diving deeper into the word of God. And post Sunday podcast, it's where we air it weekly and it's a continuation of Sunday's Word over at Genesis Church Orlando. Uh, but we try to br- provide more practical application, questions, try to dive deeper into Scripture because we know that it can be very limited with what you receive on a Sunday morning. And so you can find and listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms. But also, too, if you can, give us a follow over at Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast as well as join us live. We would love to have you tuning in on YouTube or Facebook. You could find us at Genesis Church Orlando in both platforms. And if you want, just come through, come live. I mean, I'm telling you, a live experience at Genesis is like no other. It's What times should they come see us, Johnny? The times are as follows, 9.30 and 11. Boom. And 8.15. And a fifteen, <laughs> and a fifteen. Listen, there, give listen. me a, give me a week. There, we just but you got the other part right. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you in this moment, like a proud father who is oh, looking man. upon his son with pure joy. That 14 episodes in, it you know the long. service times of it our church. Took that long. Listen, it's I blame it all on Easter. Blame it all. We we, <laughs> we just said, listen, this is the the post Sunday podcast, which is like. Also right in the middle of Easter. Yeah. So here's the problem. We are high on energy and low on patience. That is <laughs> That's a dangerous spot on. 
mixture, yeah. right? It well, can't yeah. be more spot on that we are all jacked to the nine. Oh, man. And it's all things Easter. Yes. And we are all literally in the middle of it right it's, now. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I kept, I had my wife pray for me last night. <laughs> I was like, honey, you know what kind of week it's going to be. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's just, it's just felt, felt different. Yeah. It felt in, uh, in a good way. Uh, honestly, it's felt very good. Um, I feel like we've been ahead on a lot of things and, you know, every year just kind of gets you a lot better prepared. Obviously now, you know, we have been setting up the studio. Uh, if you haven't been with us, we just began our Holy Week experience online, getting our studio set up for that. So there are some new, some new intricate things. We're in a new campus uh, for Easter Sunday. That's another element as well. Uh, but with all of that said, I, I will say this has probably been the less stressful, so to say, um, Easter, um, even with those like variables and yeah. those add-ons. Everybody knows their part. Yes. So let's let's talk. Let's go. Let's talk Moses, right? Yeah. We we need we need a we need like a Q button. Yeah, we do. Because we need we'll like Charleston Heston right now saying, "Let my people go." Yes. You know, like in that that. Just that voice. Who, who did Chad reference yesterday? Oh Samuel Morgan, L. Jackson. Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Morgan Freeman. He never said that. When did he ever play Moses? He played, well, he played God in that's uh, not Bruce Moses. Almighty. Well, that's Noah. That's the wrong yeah, movie. But remember when he told But him, I'm just saying, Charlton, I, Charleston yeah, Heston like, said, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, any reference Pee Wee Herman, <laughs> which we're kind of trying to think, like, don't Google that guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I grew up on people permit, but that yeah, luckily, answers every no, for all not. of our listeners right say, now. Hold on, you walked right not. into it. You <laughs> walked right into it. Answers everything now. That does not answers answer anything. All bro. I all the questions I ever had about you. Just put it this way: my children will not be watching during during Holy Week. Had this ah moment, <laughs> like as soon as you said that, I grew up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Now let's totally, transition totally to Moses. Get you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man, this lots, is great. lots to talk about. Yeah. Listen, Moses, like it's the one character in the Bible. I feel like you don't have to know anything about church and Christianity, yeah. but you know this guy. At least you know of him. Whether you've seen the Prince of Egypt or you've seen some, you know, movie. Yeah. Like everybody knows the story of this guy Moses, um, but there's a lot in it. There's so much. There's so much I'm learning right now that in all, I'm a third generation pastor that I didn't know in the story. So this is wow. like, to me, this is the joy of like, this is a never ending story. I was, I was shameful plug moment right here. Right. So my, uh, what, what, how would I say this? My hidden soap opera. Is that a good term? <laughs> you reference into something. Herman. Go ahead. Keep going. Is wrestling. <laughs> WWE. Yeah, WWF, yeah. right? Like Same I grew up on me. it. Yep. Yep. And so I'm watching WrestleMania last night. Ooh. You know, so it doesn't matter. If, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you have to watch WrestleMania. Yeah. And now they have press conferences at the end. So they're talking about the mas- matches and, and the guy in charge, uh, now the COO, he says, because people were mad how like, this guy didn't win. He didn't win the match. Like, you know, and it's all storytelling. And he says this, he says, that's the beautiful thing about our industry. It's storytelling. Mm. And the story never, ever ends. 
So you can't think that this is the end of the story just because one match took place. Wow. The story always continues on. Why saying this, obviously I'm watching wrestling. I'm like, I'm going, yeah, but that's really the story of God. Like it never ends. It goes on and on and on. There's so much you learn and go and, and dive into and peel back layer after layer after layer. And it's just this nuance or this new new perspective or, or this new moment of the character and it just brings a whole new life into it so the story can't stay stagnant yeah if you're constantly going back to it and i'll i'll, I'll try to figure out later i'll share this but i watched a guy last night talk about a study was done that if you read the bible four times a week four times a week if you read it one time a week really nothing nothing changed in the study they did you read it two times a week nothing really changed in the study that they were doing with these people. On the third time, some small things started taking place. By the fourth time, it was things like depression went down, anxiety went down, anger went down, your need for substances went down, like all these things. And I'm going, that's amazing. Like it just shows you, you keep coming back to the story and over and over again, it's going to change your life. Yeah, that's super good, man. I, I think somebody is listening there for the first time, man, take notes on that. Get into the scriptures, dive in. It's word of life. <clears throat> it's active. It's living. And so keep that in mind. <coughs> Excuse me. But anyways, we're, we're diving into Moses. And last week, you let, we left off basically Moses uh, in the wilderness, pretty much. Desert, desert place. He's kind of what I like to, to call the, um, what I reference to with Joseph's life was in dark place, basically. Now, you know, some, some, some developments taking place, I, I would think so. And now we're in Exodus 3, and now we're basically uh, discussing Moses' call and how, how that looked like. And Pastor Chad went into some really good details of that, and I want to dive into a little yeah. bit more on that and, and just break some things down on that. Yeah, as, as he and I were talking last week, he came in sat down. He said, this is where I'm going. This is some of the direction. These are some of the, the insights that, that I have. This is some of the, the baseline things I want to play out. You know, we were just talking about the fact that Moses's life is really carved up into three 40 year segments. So it's nice. 40 years, you know, he's, he's in the palace with Pharaoh, 40 years he's in the desert. And then it's 40 years of being the rescuer mm. for Israel. And so very rarely do you get to look at someone's life and say like truly in thirds, you know, wow. first third of your life was this, the second third was this, but he goes from, you know, being in the palace of Pharaoh to the wilderness for 40 years. But as we were talking about last week on the podcast, there's that shaping that God was having to mm -hmm. do. Like, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take you from, you know, this, this high and mighty stepson of Pharaoh you know, adopted son, whatever, you know, the perspective was. And I'm going to strip you of all that. And you're going to become a shepherd out mm -hmm. in the wilderness where there's, you know, there's nothing, you know, and, and yet in that God is beginning to shape him for the greatest story inside the scriptures outside of Jesus himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I just love his development and what God did. And so we, we go into, we'll, we'll be uh, referencing Exodus 3, 1 through 12, but within that, God appeared to Moses, right? 
Exodus 3, 4, he says, God called him from within the bush. So here we have a, um, we have a conversation, interaction going on between God, or basically this burning bush um, that's calling out Moses' name, and Moses. And what was the first thing God spoke to Moses? It was, take off your sandals. And I thought this was great, what Pastor Chad really uh, brought up, because uh, back in that, in the, that cultural time, uh, your shoes, uh, it was, uh, you would say, kind of a, a, a luxury, so to say, to have. Yep, a luxury. It was, it and was, it was your identity. Yep. You know, people people laugh, you know, because they see our shoes. Yeah, it's strong. You know. Shoe and game is strong. Shoe game. And, you know, a lot of that, you know, has to do, I worked, I was a manager at Finish Line High School into college, you know, so always buying shoes. But I used to always, you know, my wife would laugh. She was like, you own more shoes than me or you care more about <laughs> shoes than I do. But, and then, you you know, you would joke back and back, yeah, but, but shoes make the outfit, right? That that's just the the perspective, and I'm I'm constantly being humbled by that, and you know, shamed by it. Uh, but at the same time, like it was kind of that way, right? Like when you're in high school and college, like your shoes are important, and so in this day and time, in this culture, your shoes are your identity. Now, I don't, I can't say you can't say forty years later he has the same sandals that he was wearing yeah. in the palace, right? Possibly, not gonna make that make that up right but that's how it was like what were the shoes on pharaoh's feet versus the slaves feet right probably didn't even have shoes so there's there is this identity that that is caused by what you have on your feet and you get to this piece of scripture which is truly powerful and i think there's a few little elements to peel back for those that are listening because i think that there's there's perspective on this story because first and foremost people are like yeah i'm waiting for my burning bush moment mm. Right. And so it, Chad and I were talking in, in conversation and it was like, you're going to be waiting forever. You know why? Because there's only been one burning bush moment. Yeah. We don't read about it again. God decides to choose how he wants to speak to us. And often we'll read a story in the Bible and go, well, I want that. Yeah. If that doesn't happen to me. Then, then I'm not doing this or God's not real. Or, or God. So God needs to speak to me through a burning bush. Right. And, and I know sometimes it's metaphorically, but we're still calling upon the same activity. God will speak how he chooses to speak. The question has to be, are we listening? Mm. Are we are we listening? Are we Depending. ready? Are we ready? Right. The other thing is there's a little bit of a correlation of um, like we've been saying, the stories all there's symmetry in scripture that people miss. So I was reading this book uh, years back, probably like 15 years ago. God was in this place, and I, I did not know it. And uh, I think Lawrence Kushner's the author. Um, and he brings up this story with the Jacob story. Mm. Jacob's ladder goes to bed. He has a stream. Angels coming up and down the ladder. He wakes up, and what does he say? God was in this place, and I didn't know it. Mm. He says Moses has, been a, uh, Moses has been a shepherd for 40 years in this place. Now, you would take your sheep and you would move them and kind of cycle them, but the probability of him coming around this place is higher than you would imagine. Yeah. You didn't every day take them off to some brand new place, yeah. right? No matter what, because you can only go so far before you got to come back. Yeah. 
So how many times has he passed this place and possibly passed this bush? Mm. Right? And so it's a, it's the same understanding as Jacob. Like he lays down and he goes, wait, God was here and I didn't know it. Wow. And there's this same understanding with Moses. Like was God here and I didn't pay attention before God, what he, he, the bush is on fire, but what does Moses notice? It's not burning. So the, the, the rabbis would say like, how long do you have to look and stop to realize it's not on fire? Cause like Chad joked, like mm-hmm. maybe he's seen a burning bush before, maybe lightning struck a bush and it's on fire, you know? And yeah. so you've seen that, but it says he has to stop and look. And so the question becomes how long? So there's this big question of like, Jacob has to wake up to God is there. Moses has to stop, stop and actually see that this isn't just a bush on fire. This bush isn't burning up. God is here. And when he stops just long enough to actually pay attention. So you're talking about like application, how fast we go through life, our day, our routine. We don't stop to see God at work or to stop to, to listen. If God is speaking, God speaks, Moses, take off your shoes. And at that point, he's stripping down, as Chad said, his identity. Mm. And there's 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 layers of this of like, um, as we said, where were we? Where were we that you said uh, we were talking about jet lag in Atlanta? And I think it was you. You said people will take off their shoes and walk around barefooted to like. Um, you were reading this that so their feet, help, yeah, balance kind of to help eliminate that jet lag, kind of get accustomed to that. The, the the climate and just the terrain in that area and all that. Yeah, so, so we were yeah, laughing about yeah. that. Like, really, people get barefooted to allow their feet to adjust to the ground when when they're in jet lag or the yeah. time difference has changed. And there's this picture actually here. So I was thinking about the story you told me of, like, Moses has to take off his shoes, his identity, and then his feet have to settle in the ground. And he's in the wilderness. So what's his feet settling into? Settling into dust, to dirt. Well, what's that an echo of? That's Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah. That that this God that is speaking is drawing you back to the reality that you are but dust and dirt that I bl- breathe life into, out of. Yeah. And I want you that low to the ground right now to remember that I am not just the God speaking to you. I'm the creator of all things mm. that is speaking to you. That's awesome. Almost like remember where you came from. Yes. Like exactly. Don't forget where you came from. Exactly. Set your ground on, on what exactly, you know, where you came from and what I've done with you. That's fantastic, man. Wow. But he does that. He, he, he basically tells him, listen, you're standing on holy ground now. Uh, take off your shoes. And then uh, we go into uh, basically God appointing Moses now. And Exodus 3, 9 and 10 says, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Verse 10, so now so now go, I am sending you. Um, we talked about this last week. Yeah, God hears the cry. Yeah. So if it's, I think this is like the second, second time coming off yep. of that. Yeah. And this is, this is over cry. and over again. Yep. This is the, the, the repetition of the first three chapters. It, for anyone listening that says, God doesn't listen to yep. me, you, you, you haven't opened up the scriptures because mm. it shows us time and time again 
I heard, I listened, I saw, I knew. He's constantly using this language, which, by the way, is not is so far from anything they would find in Egypt. Mm. In Egypt, there were gods and goddesses for everything. The sun, the moon, the stars, the wind, the rain, the fire, the 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 river, the the earth, the the crops, you name it, they had a god or a goddess, and the god or goddess did not care about you. This was how you understood it. You only knew that the god or goddess was happy or mad at you by the fact that if it was a drought, you've done something wrong. So let's let's make mm-hmm. a sacrifice and appease them so maybe they'll send the rain, whatever god or goddess that was. Um, if we had a good crop, then we must have been doing something right. Let's keep doing that. But you lived literally not knowing just viewing the surroundings around you. And this God shows up and he, he says, I listen Mm. and I hear and I see there's no other God or goddess in Egypt that, that, that had this. It's far from it. It's only the God of the Bible. There's not a God in other religions that you get this from. It's only the God of the Bible. That's crazy. And pastor Chad brought up a great point. He says, God appoints Moses to be his rep- representative, but it is God who is going to do all the work. He doesn't say, hey, Moses, um, so now I need you to go, and here's the list of tasks I need you to do. He just basically said, hey, go. I'm sending you. That's Which, it. Who else did he tell go? Abraham, right? Mm. And then he took care of the rest. So this is He's like in charge of the details. connect this whole story. Yeah. Like there's this, this thread all the way through it, and he tells him, yeah, go. You're going to be my representative. Um, and yet at the same time, Moses is human. Yep. So like all of us, he's got his insecurities, his doubts, yep. all these things that rise up, his fears, right? You know, I had a, I have a really good friend, and I'll never forget one time he was teaching this piece of this story to students at a student camp that we put together. And when he came out on stage, he had already put down a pile of dirt and a shovel and he was just clanking it in the dirt on the stage. And he kind of reenacted this idea that he had buried that Egyptian soldier in the ground. Mm. And then he gets caught and he flees. He's out in the desert and God is getting ready to tell you, go back to that place. Right? So what's going through his mind, right? The last time I was there, I actually ran out of there for my life. Wow. And now I've got to go back there. That's crazy. I remember reading this this particular story and I just I was blown away at the amount of excuses that Moses was making. I like I remember at an early age I'm like why would God puts why would God even choose this guy? He doesn't even want to do it. He he makes countless excuses as to, you know, reasons that he cannot commit to this um to this call in his life and yet god continues to press upon him that listen i've chosen you and man it just the older i get i start to realize like man god's love is undeniable towards us and he will equip who he who he who he calls yeah and like and 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 man like it was just it's just been powerful to see that even even when we don't feel like walking this journey 
that God is saying, you got this. I'm sustaining you. I'm keeping you no matter what you think you're going through. And so Moses makes excuses, but God is literally here making a way for him. And that's one of, one of the points that Chad was making on that. Like God answers Moses every excuse. God counteracts and says, listen, I, I, th- you're making this excuse. I got, I got an answer for you. And so I thought it was just powerful, man, and really God's relentless pursuit towards Moses um, and his call in his life. Yeah, like you said, like you grow up and you look at him and you go, what's wrong with this guy? Dude. Why do you keep making excuses to God? Then you grew up. Literally God. And you God realize to you. how many excuses did you make to God? Yeah. Right? So it's easy to point the finger and be like, what's wrong with you? Because we know what's coming. Put yourself in his sandals, per mm-hmm. se, in that moment, and you don't know what's coming. You know he's telling you to go back to Egypt and to Pharaoh, and the last time you were there, you ran for your life, wow. and you know that 40 years has passed, so you don't, you don't know what to expect. You're traumatized almost. Right, and now you're just, it's easy to say you're supposed to trust God. He just mm-hmm. spoke to you out of a burning bush, and that's the thing. Like People are like, I want my burning bush moment. Then God speaks to you and you hear it. Are you going to obey it? Yeah. Right. Are you going to be just like Moses? You've been waiting for this moment forever. And then God finally speaks to you, however he chooses. And then you start to decide if you want to listen to it Yeah. and how you want to listen to it and what parts you want to listen to. And that's the problem with us, Mm. not with God. God speaks. We don't stop long enough to listen. We don't wake up and realize he's already been there and wants to talk. We don't, we come to God's word one time a week and we wonder why we don't see change. And yet there's a study that shows you those who do it four times, not two times, not three times, you keep coming back to this and something all of a sudden supernaturally happens to you. And, and so that's what we have to really understand in ourselves is that what we want from God, when we get it, we still don't know what to do with it. No, and it's the same way with Israel. We can't jump ahead. Yeah. They're the ones crying out. God hears their cry. He answers it. And then they complain about it yeah. all throughout the desert. Can't wait to talk about that part. Yeah. That's going to be great yeah. because that's just us. That's, that's how we function. It's a replica of who we are. Yeah. And so, you know, for Moses to give excuses, um, I think is natural. Yeah. However, it all they're, they're also stemmed, shows they're stemmed from traumatic pasts. Yes. Right. So, where, what are your? You know, when you think about God calling you, right? If you're listening to this today, and you've been hesitating towards God's call, or there's something that you just haven't really dived deeper into that He wants you to, where is that stemming from? Is there, is there something in the past, is there a traumatic experience that you've been through that is holding you from committing fully to what God wants you to do? And so, I mean, when you look at it in Moses' life, like uh, he was, he was his, 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 the fuel of his excuses were, it seemed to me, based off of traumatic experiences in his past. And yeah, and you think about like what we talk about always. All together we can do together what none of us can do alone. Mm. Like we say that all the time. And we try to model that as a church. You know, someone said yesterday, I've been going here for five weeks now. 
and I've only heard you preach one time. <laughs> Are you when when do you preach? Like they joked, and I was like, I, I actually I do preach a lot. I said it just happened to be this last month being out of the country. Yeah. My brother's a pastor in town, but at the same time, we're also trying to paint a picture, right? We're trying to lead this church differently that this is not about one person and one personality. This is about God. And this is about us all playing our part. And this is about God giving all of us uh, the ability to shepherd and lead, mm. you know? And so part of it is just even in, in the way things are playing out, it's teaching the DNA and culture of this church. Right? So we love that part. It doesn't mean we do it perfect, but Moses is like, I can't do this. And finally God says, okay, fine. I'm going to send your brother Aaron. He's actually on his way and he's going to do this with you. So God's like, not only am I telling you, I got you, I'm telling you, I'm going to bring someone along with you. And real quick, cause I can't, I mean, I would say we have a podcast, but to go as far as we want, there's even something cool in that. I think I mentioned to you a few weeks ago of the Moses story and the Joseph story. And their brothers, right? Joseph has older brothers, and especially the oldest, they they devise this plan to kill him, right? Because he's the favored. He's not supposed to be the favored, right? He's not the oldest. He's not supposed to have the inheritance. He's not supposed to lead the family. You know, none of those things. The oldest brother is. And so you see this anger and animosity in this story play out towards Joseph. You see the reversal and Moses. Aaron's the older brother. Why didn't God choose Aaron? Why why didn't why didn't Aaron end up in Pharaoh's palace? Why why didn't Aaron get to hear God speak through a burning bush? And yet when Aaron finds out what God has done and said to Moses instead of complaining, why not me? He celebrates. Wow. And he literally joins him in this mission. And there's something there, I think, for some of us listeners and even for you and I, like like just that perspective of there's two ways to approach God at work, mm. you know, especially when it may not be you he's wanting to to completely work through, but he's wanting you to come along with and partner with. Because in our culture, we want to be noticed. We want to yeah. be seen. We want to be the lead. We want our name, our recognition. We want to be at the top. And that creates animosity and jealousy and, and complaining and all those types of things. Why not me? Why not me? Why do they always get the recognition? Why did Joseph get the beautiful coat, right? And Aaron could have easily been like, why Moses? But he doesn't. He celebrates it. And because he celebrates it, God is able to use both of them in this story. That's fantastic. I don't think we, we look at Aaron's life too much. No. Um, Never really, no. like in the story. You, you, no. Only until you get to the golden calf. Yeah. Then you're like, so what did you do? There. <laughs> I know. How did you let that happen on your man, watch? It was um, pretty, I mean, that, that's got to be a very motivational push for Moses to have your brother there alongside of you in this journey. Um, but yeah, God is literally crossing every excuse away. And I love what Pastor Chad said with a, tone, a, tone, a quote from Tony Evans. He said, God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go. So I thought that was a fantastic quote, man. The OG, Tony. Tony Evans. Tony. If you so, don't have a Tony Evans study Bible, yeah. you need to buy it today. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. We're, we're giving out some. Uh, we we were giving year. them out for a little bit, good, but yeah. I'm telling you, it's one of the best to use. It just 
filled I love it. with stuff, and it's so, beautiful. Mo, a couple of excuses Moses Moses put out there. I am unworthy. I am unsure. I am unprepared. And I am unable. So think about that, you know, in your your own life. Where, where do you fall in that category in your life as to what God is asking you to do? Do you fall under the unworthy, unsure, unprepared, or unable? So I, I think it's a great thing to look back and reflect it upon yourself because I think in, in, in different seasons, there is a different excuse that we might have towards something. Yeah, and he did a great job yesterday of, I think, putting just real ones down that we all, we all face at different times. And, you know, but at the end of the day, it's not just overcoming the excuses, you know, as chapter three continues on and, and kind of, I want to say comes to a close, but rolls into the story. God says, okay, well then I'm going to give you some signs, you know, and, and that's going to allow you to know who I am. And that's, that's the big part of this story that, you know, people need to really hone in on. Chad hit it yesterday was that this is the first time God tells someone who he is. Mm. Exodus chapter six. I did not give my name to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you're like, wait a second. You're like first time you really pay attention to that, you go back and you're like, what do you, what do you mean you didn't tell them who you were? You know? And so in studying that, I had to realize like Elohim, El, El Shaddai, all, all these names, it was God declaring like his power and greatness. But, but the name that he gives them, I am that I am, we get, you know, Yahweh, yod heh vad heh, is is this term of God really declaring, I will be whatever I need to be, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just that I'm all-powerful, I'm almighty, I'm the creator of all things. I'm letting you know I am anything I need to be, and I am more than you need I am beyond what you need, really. And I, and I saw this one guy, he said, you know, you're trying to figure out this name. And if you take the letters of the name, you get was, you get is, you, you, you get uh, will, will be. So you get these names you can take from the letters um, in the Hebrew language. And it really is just that full picture. I, I was, I am, I will be, all these things. It's, it's, a, it's a God who's outside of our realm, outside of our time, outside of our space, but he steps into it and he looks into it and he listens into it and he's saying, listen, I'm far beyond, it's Isaiah, your thoughts, you know, they're not as big as my thoughts because you can't think like I do because I'm beyond your capacity. At the same time, I am. I am right here with you, Moses. I am going to be with you and Aaron. I am going to be the one that unleashes my power to Pharaoh to let these people go. I am the one listening to their cries. It's just this beautiful, beautiful understanding of God. And when you take the letters of that that name that he gives him, I, I learned this years back. Um, some of the rabbis said you take those those letters and when you speak them, yod hey vad hey, when you slow down, you have to say them like you're inhaling and exhaling. Mm. And so it was this picture of when I speak the name of God, it literally is like me breathing. 
because he's the breath of life. I am the breath of life. I am the, the giver of life. I am the author of life. And so this name that he gives Moses for the first time, this is a powerful moment that he's going to speak. And God, t- God isn't just sending him to Pharaoh. God is also sending him to the Israelites. So the elders of, of remember, they're the ones that didn't accept them either. Mm-hmm. He comes out to them and they're like, what are you going to do the same thing to us that you did to that Egyptian soldier? And so he's thinking, okay, not only is Pharaoh mad at me, the people rejected me last time I was with them. Mm. And God's sending me to both. And then he gives them these signs and he says, I want you to have these signs because they're going to let you know who I am and what I'm about to do. That's man. That's so good, bro. I love this one he he referenced too, man. He said, in order to be used by God, you must surrender to God those things that are most precious to you. Uh, when I think of that, I think right away about him, God displaying his, his power to Moses through the stick, through his staff, right? And to me, like that's, it seemed like as a shepherd, you know, and someone in that time, you depended on that. There was a dependency on that stick. There was a dependency on that that tool you were using um, to get through everyday life. And to me, when I read this this quote, that was what was most precious to him, right? And so God is telling him, "Throw it down. I want to display. I want to show you what I'm going to do." And, and how I do things, but I need you to let go of the thing that you're holding on to, the, the pre- most precious thing that you have right now uh, so that I can use that for my glory. I, I, I kind of thought that as I, as I was reading that, like it was, it's really cool that he's uh, kind of showcasing that, you know, like whatever you are holding on to, release it to me. I can use it for my glory. Um, I thought that was powerful. It's so powerful, and yet it's it's also fearful. Yeah. Right? You depend on it. The thing that's most precious to you, what if God said let it go? Right? Is that a person? Yeah. Is that a relationship? Yep. Is that a job title? Is that something you've worked to own materialistically your whole life? And God says, oh, that thing. I want it. I want that thing. And, you know, it's it's Jesus with, with the rich young ruler. Yeah. What's the greatest commandment? He pipes it back and he says, all these things you've done, but one go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. That was his Th- that's not a thing of like, no one helped the poor. Yeah. That's, that was his thing. Yeah. He wasn't willing to let go of. And the scary part about that passage is Jesus doesn't chase after him it says, and he walked away. Mm. And so, um, there's, there's, so much to think about what that as Chad and I were discussing, he had told me, I thought this was awesome. I don't think he said it Sunday. You know, you think about, um, he said a staff in a shepherd's hand for that long. Some, some would say that literally the, the staff would begin to take form or shape to his hand Mm. because his hand had been locked around it day after day, after day, after day. So it's almost like it's a piece of you. And I, when he said that, I was thinking like a, a staff, first of all, context. Moses is 80 years old. He's not 20. He's not 30. We see older people with their walkers and their canes. So this staff, this staff helps you walk. You're on a terrain that's rocky. It helps you literally, 
you stick it on a rock that's you know two feet off the ground and you use it the that that stick to really kind of leverage you up on that rock it's a weapon against anything against your sheep it's something you guide with this is everything to you you need this piece and god says toss it down and and let me have it and it's that thing of yeah what's your stick mm. and at the, at the same time it's just a stick right it's just a stick until god shows up mm. and when he tosses it down the stick becomes a snake right it, it tells us and so it's another picture once again of god going yeah, it's just an ordinary stick in your hand but now that I'm going to work with you and I'm going to work through you, watch what that becomes. So you can hold on really tight to that thing that's so precious to you. And it's just going to be that thing. But when you let go and let God enter into it, what he does with it will blow your mind. And, and there's, there's a little detail here. And, and maybe next week we can get into a little bit further. It becomes a snake. It's not a snake because of Genesis 3, you know. It's not a snake because you're in the wilderness. Um, because when he shows up in front of Pharaoh, their magicians throw down their staffs and they become snakes. And there's an interesting part of the story because, once again, as we always say, pay attention to the words. So it says, and Moses' staff devours the magician's staffs. The magician's snakes, I think. It doesn't say his snake. It says his staff devours it. And Pharaoh had a staff. And many times that staff would have the head of an animal, mm. a ram, a snake, the, the, the head ornament of Pharaoh. If you look and you see the pictures of it, has the, the, the head of a, a snake, like a cobra or whatever. It was a sign of power. So even in this moment, God is already starting to unveil who ultimately has the power. Like, oh, this is a symbol of your power? Mm. Watch this stick. Let him drop this stick, and it's going to become a snake because I ultimately have the power. And oh, by the way, this stick, doesn't say snake, is going to eat up your snakes. <laughs> but just remind yourself it's a stick that I turned into a snake because I'm the one ultimately who has the power. So there's already this game God's starting to play in the sense of I'm about to show the world because ultimately that's what he says. I want the world to know who I am, that the world may know that I am God mm. is, is what this is playing out for. And this is like, this is like the Rocky moment, right? Where like the theme song kicks in, which Rocky Creed our Creed three did a terrible job with. They don't have a theme song. That's what really made me mad in the movie. Um, but it's that Rocky theme. Like when it kicks in, you know, like, Oh yeah, it's time to get hyped right now. Like mm -hmm. this is the moment when the snake devours the snakes that if you understand what's happening, it's like that music should be kicking in. <laughs> like, Oh, someone's in trouble now. It. <laughs> it's all about to take yeah. place. Yeah. And it should, you know, and so it gets you all jacked up when you understand like how this story is playing out. Man, that's so good. That is so good. And, and, and it will, we'll kind of wrap things up here, but I, I, I feel like with this particular quote, um, it gives me hope. So the greatest ability God can use is your availability. And basically, you know, as we've talked about, Moses made all these excuses, one of them being that he just wasn't an eloquent speaker. And we see God just basically just erasing these misconceptions of, of, of him, these lies of 
that he's believed his own self. And, and I love this because that's what literally it comes down to. It's Moses, Moses's obedience, ultimately. But another important factor is his availability. Like, all right, I'm here. I'm ready. And I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. And so sometimes, man, I, you don't got to be the most skillful. You don't have to possess all this skill set, be the most eloquent speaker. You don't have to be, you know, in my realm of ministry, the most talented musician. But if you're available, God's going to do some powerful things in you. And I, for me, I've really taken on that approach when it's come to a lot of who I really entrust leadership to, who I um, elevate. It comes down, I'm not, not you know, because I, I've, I, early on in the ministry, early on as, as a young leader, I made mistakes in entrusting people that were talented but didn't have, didn't have the character, didn't have the availability. And, um, and I've learned my lesson time and time again. And the people that, for, for, for at least myself, I'm always looking for character and availability. And I, I think this is powerful. And, and, and again, it doesn't matter what your background may be. Um, I don't have the background that Pastor Tim and Pastor Chad have and the educational side of things when it comes to all this. And they always get on me because <laughs> we're on ladders and we're Velcroing wires. And, and they're like, yep, we learned this in, uh, in theology, theology 101. 101. How to wire for live streaming. <laughs> but it's, it's, they're basically telling me, like, God's going to bless you for your availability, man. And, and, and God will do the rest. And so I, 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 I quote that or I, I requote that because it just, I want somebody to know out there that just keep putting in the work, keep walking forward, keep taking step by step, believing God's going to do something and he's, he's going to do it because he sees your heart of availability. That's Moses's response. Yeah. Is the same as Abraham's. Yeah. Here I am. And so that, that word we looked at in Abraham, Hanani, mm. you know, here I am. I'm at your service. So God good, says, man. Moses calls out to him. Here I am. And you've done that. We've, I've seen that in your life. And I, the moment I met you was I've been walking this whole path and this whole career. Here I am. I'm just telling God I'm ready to be used for his service. And, and you didn't know that God was preserving, protecting to prepare you mm. for what you were stepping into the same way. And this moment, Moses doesn't know it. You were saved in the Nile. You were put in a yep. basket. You grew up in Pharaoh's court. I was planning all this. You thought it was a coincidence. For this moment. Yes. And I think, you know, like you said, for everyone listening, the story doesn't get easier. Yeah. So there's there's nothing about it that makes it easier. I can't wait for my burning bush moment from God. Doesn't mean it's going to get easier. I hope you get it. Yeah. At the same time, it's not going to be what you think it is because Here's the reality of the whole story. And so we can leave here and pick up next week. It says in Exodus 3, this is why I'm sending you. He says, go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God, the Hebrews has met with us. And now please let us go three days journey into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to the Lord, our God. Mm. 
So the message wasn't let my people go. Let them just be free. Let them go so they can come worship me freely. There's the difference. Wow. Right? It isn't liberation. Let me be free so I can go do whatever I want to do. God, that's what I'm asking for. That's the world's message, liberation in that sense. It was let them go. And at first the request was just three days so that they can come freely worship me. I want them to be just all for me where they are. And then he tells them this. He says, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless, unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt. So he's telling Moses, I'm sending you back. I know you're afraid. I know you got these excuses. I know you just got a stick in your hand. I'm going to do all stuff. And oh, by the way, he's not even going to comply. But I'm going to work in a miraculous way. Mm. And you're going to see it all happen. I'll take that journey, <laughs> right? At the end of the day, hindsight, right? I'll yeah. take that journey. In the moment, I don't know. I'm probably giving excuses. But hindsight, that's the life I want. Like, yeah. I want the one that at the end of the day, God says, yeah, it didn't go your way. It went my way. Mm. But you saw the miraculous hand of God at work wow. through your availability. Yeah, that's so good. God's in charge of the details, man. Just be obedient. And so how will you answer his call? When God calls you, there is only one correct answer, and it's, here I am. Easter's wow. coming. Easter's coming. Easter's coming. <laughs> this Sunday. We're excited, man. If you're in Orlando, East River you gotta High be, School, yeah, you gotta be 930 worse. and 11 o'clock. Yes. More space for more people. Yep. And uh, just, just, you know, just a teaser. We're talking about Passover. Mm. We're talking about the Passover, the 10th plague. And then we're talking about Jesus. That's so good. Yes, baby. You you've been you've been having the, the biggest smile about this particular weekend for a long time. Probably since the beginning of the year. You're oh, like, yeah. oh, I know this is gonna be so yes. good. And so listen, man, if you guys are with us in Orlando and and you haven't checked us out, come. You gotta come. We're gonna have nine hundred plus seats. We got a seat for you. Come and join us, be a part of what we're doing. But thank you guys for supporting us, those that are listening and been with us. Uh, we're so thankful for you. Spread the word. Uh, go to Post Sunday Podcast on Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast. Follow us and and just re reshare some of the stuff that we're putting out there because we really want this to really get into the ears of those that are looking for more uh life and just diving into the word of god and really trying to find the answers that they're looking for in this life um but we're so thankful for you guys uh once again follow us on spotify itunes uh all your favorite uh streaming platforms at post sunday podcast we can't wait to be with you guys next week uh, on episode number 15, as we will share uh, some of our Easter recap with you guys. But once again, man, I hope you guys are doing well. We love you, and we can't wait to be with you next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church, a place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.